Welcome to the Design Your Happiness podcast. I'm your host, Marilee Blair. Let me be your positive light to help you reach your highest potential and put you in an empowered frame of mind every episode. It's time to get excited for our lives and be in charge of designing our happiness every single day. Let's go. Welcome back to the Design Your Happiness podcast. I'm so excited to have a very inspiring guest on the show today who is going to share how he turned his passion for photography into a business and the lessons he has learned on his journey with all of you. Alex Ingram is a San Diego and Temecula-based photographer and professor and started working behind the scenes in New York City at Art Partner and IMG Models before moving back to California to pursue a career in photography. He has been a photographer for six years and a teacher for three years. After working for the Sony Alpha team at Sony headquarters, he decided to venture into the photography world to start his own business, utilizing the power of social media to stay in a state of constant creation. He has expanded his business and team to shoot wedding photography, real estate photography, product content, and influencer marketing. In addition to creative work, Alex also manages a number of social media and marketing pages for companies, writing everything from copy to running analytics and defining new strategies. On the college level, Alex serves as an adjunct instructor at the Art Institute of California, San Diego, where he teaches advanced coursework in studio as well as marketing and business practices for photographers. He has also worked with the art educational programs throughout San Diego, including Outside the Lens, the AJA Project, and the Lux Institute to develop new curriculum and methods to empower at-risk youth through academia. Most recently, he has partnered with the David's Heart Foundation and Sony to pioneer a new photography program to accompany music education classes. Thank you so much, Alex, for being here today and welcome to the show. Of course. Thank you for having me. I really appreciate uh, everything and being here. Excited. Thank you, Alex. And let's start the show with your favorite inspiring quote. Okay, my favorite inspiring quote. So I was trying to, I was thinking I was going to dig really deep for this one, but then I just thought I'll go with my my, uh, pretty standard one. Uh, It's on my Instagram page if you follow me at uh, Art is Being, but it's a quote from one of my favorite movies, um, which is Days Confused, um, starring Matthew McConaughey. And uh, the quote is, it's really simple. It actually doesn't pertain so much to business, but the quote is, I mean, and the long form of the quote is, let me tell you this, the older you get, the more rules they're going to try to get you to follow. You just got to keep living, man, L-I-V-I-N. And that's a quote that, honestly, I, I live by because I, I truly believe that statement to, to every sentiment of it. You know, the older we get, particularly as artists, um, you know, there's more boxes that they want you to fit in so your photography oftentimes has to be tailored into a certain sort of packaging that you can sell off but i think as an artist um you know it's it's to your detriment to totally give away your creative form of expression and i think at the end of the day you just have to keep living you have to make the work that you want to make you have to do something that makes you happy and sure there are going to be rules that 
you know, we all have to play by to some degree. Um, but I think ultimately our form of expression of what makes us happy is the reason why we're doing what we're doing. You know, it's the reason I call my company Art Is Being. It's the reason I think you're making Design Your Happiness podcast. You know, we want to do what we want to do that makes us happy. So that, that's my favorite quote and a quote that I live by. That's a great quote. I love that. It's like, we got to live now, you know, exactly what you said, do what makes us happy and not feel like we have to fit in this box or do what previous generations did where they're like, stay at a job for 40 years. And it's primarily for the benefits. It's like, no, why don't we live our life and do things based on what brings us happiness and joy. And then that way we can inspire and help other people so they can do that too. And that you can have everything you want in your life. So that's a great, great quote, Alex. And yeah, and that ties into actually, um, so I was going to ask you, how have you designed your happiness? I know that ties into it, but can you talk a little bit on how you have overall designed happiness into your life? Sure, of course. I mean, I I think that's, uh, you know, the idea of designing your happiness. I I love the title of the podcast for that reason. Um, You know, I, I think it's something that we're all constantly trying to do. And I think it's always a work in progress. Um, you know, happiness for, for me as an entrepreneur, and I'm, I'm sure all entre- entrepreneurs listening to this, there's going to be highs and lows throughout the process and you're going to hit road bumps along the way. And then some days you're just going to be elated. But I think that striving towards this level of positivity and happiness in your life is, you know, what we're all really trying to do as humans. Um, for me personally, um, you know, the ways that I try to design my happiness really is just keeping uh, people around me that I feel are positive. I think that's probably the first and foremost. Um, I want to keep people in my circle that, um, you know, attribute to my happiness, that boost me up, um, that, you know, just make me feel good and positive. Not that they have to be yes men all the time and tell me that what I'm doing is right. I, I definitely want to hear uh, negative feedback as well or critical reception, but I do want to have those people in my corner that I think are there to lift me up. Um, so that's one way I design it. The other way and something that I learn a little bit more um, each and every day is just uh, this idea of not taking on too many things at once. And I think, um, you know, that's something that for anybody that's creative out there, or photographers specifically, um, we could get into this this thing that we have to you know, do everything and we have to say yes to everything, but I think actually learning how to put the restraints on and when to say no, um, you know, when to admit when you have enough time, when to admit when you don't, um, those are things that I'm learning currently um, that are helping me design my own happiness. But yeah, I, I would say my two things are, are, are mainly keep people around you that are building you up and learn that it's okay to say no when you need to say no to different projects or different ideas or different concepts, because we can't do everything. Yes. And it ties into that quote, you know, when you say, um, when you say yes to something, it's saying no to like a different opportunity. So it's good to say no, because you're opening up better doors of opportunity to things that align with what you're trying to do for yourself. That's, that's so true. And, you know, I've learned that the hard way so many times um, <laughs> where I put myself in a box of yes to everything. And, and you're exactly right. You know, that, that could take away the time that you needed for another project or even yeah. just time that you need for your own mental health to just, mm-hmm. 
you know, recuperate, uh, let your brain get a, uh, <laughs> a revamp. Sometimes you need that time. So yeah, yeah. definitely um, the power of saying yes is important, but the power mm -hmm. of saying no is equally just as important. Yes. Yeah, that's great advice that Alex is sharing and also about watching who you're spending your time with because it's very true that if you're hanging out with someone that's extremely negative, that can be very draining energy. And then it's hard to really give your all to your family and to give your all to your passion and what you're trying to create. And so that's key what he's saying, you know, to spend time with people that empower and uplift you and that can push you to become your best and reach your highest potential. And that's just so important. And I think we start to realize that the older we get, you know, like when you're younger, you just want to be around everybody. But then the older you get and the more you develop your craft in your business or where you are in your career, you realize you really need to be careful who you let into your life. It can't just just be anyone. Yeah. So, 100%. Yeah. And then, so Alex, so how did you get, tell us about your journey into photography and teaching. Sure. Um, and this one, this could be a long winded story. So I'll try to keep it on, <laughs> on track here. Um, but ultimately um, my journey into photography, it, it really, I had always had a passion in, in the arts and in photography. Uh, that's what I went to school for. That's what I went to grad school for as well. Um, but beyond that, when I first had graduated from grad school, to me, it, the idea of being a creative or to be a photographer or to actually do the task of shooting the photos, it was uh, very far removed from me. For some reason, I, I had it ingrained in me that that was only a select group of people that were able to do this as a career. So I sort of took the back end approach and got into the door through Art Partner and uh, Art and Commerce, which were uh, production companies housing the biggest photographers in the world. So this, this, these companies represented Mario Testino, Mario Sorrenti, um, you know, some of the bigger photographers that that are you know still current day i'd say these are the meccas of of the of the industry and uh for for a period of time i thought yeah this is great i mean this is what i want to do i'm i'm still in the industry i'm still uh learning the art of photography i'm still being able to see all the work and and, and archive it and, and understand why they're shooting it and actually go to the shoots as well as a production assistant so you know i, I thought i had it made at that time um but after after a little while and you know this is crossing over then from the production side over to IMG models where we were representing some of the bigger models in the industry. Um, you know, I started to just become a little bit less complacent with the idea that like, Hey, why am I doing this behind the scene? You know, I went to school for photography. Um, you know, I, I thought that this was something I wanted to do and I don't know why I, I, I genuinely don't know why I had this idea removed that I wasn't supposed to be that person. Um, that was actually, you know, out there shooting the pictures. So when I came back to California, um, I was working in advertising just to, you know, kind of make ends meet. And uh, eventually, yeah, I started picking up clients here or there. So I'd reach back out to uh, different jobs in the past, whether it was IMG, whether it was Next Models, and say, hey, do you have anybody that I could work with to shoot? And they would send me test models and test subjects. And I would start building my portfolio from there and the reception was positive and 
Um, that led to other people giving me other clients and that led me to sort of poking my foot in the door into industries that I saw potential growth for. So for wedding photographies, it started over at a place called True Photography in San Diego where they pair you with different weddings every week, every day, every month. Um, they give you a plethora of weddings and, you know, I started shooting more and more of those and got comfortable and then clients outside of that would start contacting me for their weddings. And, you know, the same thing could be said for real estate where I kind of poke my foot in the door. I reach out to a different realtors in San Diego and, you know, I, I start maybe doing work for free and then that led to work with other realtors. So, um, Really, I mean, how I got started is just this idea of something that I, I had really loved and I had a passion for. Um, I built up steam by sort of understanding the industry as a whole. So I would say that that back in time working in production isn't in vain because it helped me understand how the industry actually works, how people are making money, how photographers, you know, earn money long term, far beyond just the actual shoot. But when you start archiving photos and when you're thinking about syndication for photos, um, how does that realm work? And then ultimately sort of diving in by saying, hey, you know, I'll, I'll do it. I'll shoot this wedding. I'll shoot this uh, house. I'll shoot this portrait. And then over time, you realize and I, sometimes I become blown away that you know, you just start seeing you have this body of work of all these different things that you, you had no idea that were going to be a part of your life. And, uh, and now that is full force what I do um, day in, day out. So yeah, a really happy experience and a, and a learning bridge from it, but ultimately learned a heck of a lot and glad that I'm able to do what I do today. What an incredible journey that you had too. And then the belief system that you were able to create in yourself, because you were saying at first, you know, like you were the production assistant and then um, you weren't the one behind the camera. And then all of a sudden you were like, okay, like I can do this too. And this is something that you're passionate about. And so to see what you've built for yourself, you know, like this empire that you've created. And then it led you to your teaching students how to do photography. And so like, that's incredible in itself because you're, because you decided to do that as something that you're passionate about. Now you can help so many other people too, that want to get into the industry and understanding how to be how to become a photographer and what you need to look for so how did you get into teaching then is that something that you had always wanted to do as well with photography um you know in in, in a way it was because with the uh going to pratt and getting my mfa i always knew that having uh the master's credential in my field, which is a terminal degree in, in the arts field. So very rarely does somebody go for a PhD. If they did, it would be for like art history or something at, at Yale. So the MFA is typically considered a terminal degree. So I knew that one day I may want to use that for teaching. And I'm thinking one day as like an older man, you know, <laughs> I, I may want to teach a college class. I didn't know mm -hmm. that I'd be doing it, you know, in my twenties and thirties, but wow. um, really what, what started becoming of it is as I started realizing um, more and more that photography was a passion of mine. Um, the more I internalize that there are other people that may be out there that had a, have a similar feeling that photography or doing something creative is uh, something near and dear to their heart. But at that same time, 
there, they may have a very similar sentiment or feeling that, um, cause I, I just think the way our culture in America is, is fostered is, you know, there's, there's a lot of credibility to somebody that wants to become a doctor or a scientist or a lawyer, but when somebody wants to become an artist, it's almost this far fetched belief, like, Oh, really? You want to do that? Like, why should you be able to do that? And I wanted to make sure that, um, students and youth knew that it is possible uh, to make a career in a career in a creative field that it's not a far-fetched idea that you can uh, do these things if you're willing to put in the work. So, I mean, essentially how I, you know, at first gotten into teaching was just looking up all the nonprofits that San Diego had and were there any specifically in photography. And uh, one of them that I found early on was Outside the Lens, um, which was based in Liberty Station at the time. And literally I had just knocked on the door and asked, if they needed any help or if I could volunteer. Um, so they said, Hey, like, we're always, you know, looking for help. Um, would you be interested in doing a student teaching class? So I did that for free. I brought in a Polaroid camera for this group of like, uh, I want to say they were second or third graders. And I brought in a Polaroid just so they could see, you know, wow, like one, the photography was really like this. Cause I, I think the kids don't know that it was actually on film at one point and that they could see that they could see the instant gratification of the results and the kids, loved it and uh, the organization loved that I was willing to do all that for free, you know, use my gear, use my equipment, come into this class. And uh, that led to a full-time position with them and uh, with Outside the Lens. And from there, you know, that kind of just snowballed. So when other organizations in San Diego, um, you know, were looking for uh, teaching artists, so the Aja Project, uh, the Lux Institute, um, I was always there to lend a helping hand. And, you know, th that was something that, when I say, you know, you have to say no sometimes, I think when the projects have to be related to giving back to the community to provide a service, those are things that as long as I have the ability to say yes, I'll always say yes to those things because I remember what it was like to be a kid that wanted to do this. And maybe there were folks in my life that had made it seem as though it's uh, this far-fetched idea. And I want to make sure that these youth have a, uh, representation of someone that is telling them, hey, this is possible. Yes, it is a lot of work, but it is also um, a feasible career for you. Um, so that's really what brought me into teaching. And yeah, thank God it's, it's led me from, you know, youth, kids, uh, what, what is considered at-risk youth, which I hate that term, but, um, you know, giving back in those communities as well. And then, uh, you know, all the way up to the college level um, at the Art Institute where I'm teaching, you know, college age students, uh, you know, the applications that I learned in college. So it's, it's a beautiful thing to be able to give back in that way. And I'm, I'm just happy that my life has led me full circle to be able to yeah. not only do what I love, but also give the reception of, of teaching the things that I love and sharing that with other people. And it's great that you had that mindset, like you were, you were willing, you know, to work hard and do whatever you needed to do, but that you wanted to give back too. like you were teaching for free and giving your time. And I think that's so important to remember that when we serve others and do it with a genuine heart, it will come back. And it's a good thing to help other people in your industry that need the help too. And so, and that's how you, you know, got these opportunities as well. And it's just, it's just so incredible, Alex. 
And so um, let's talk about by you um, being a teacher, that means you also educate them on kind of what resources to use. So what what technology, um, software and camera resources do you use to keep focus on what you do best with photography? And how could that help other people that want to get into it too, so they know what to buy? Sure. Um, I mean, gear and, and equipment and things. I mean, the, they say the best gear is the uh, you know the gear that you have available. So, oh, hang on, my computer is doing a thing. Uh, they say the best gear is the gear that you have available. Um, so, you know, I I try to stay away from like specific product recommendations just because. There are things that I know are out of like price ranges or, or things like this. So I don't want anything to hinder somebody that wants to get into photography to think, oh man, if he says I need a, you know, Sony A9 with this and this and this, that, you know, I can't do it now. You know, I think the best camera that you have, if you have an iPhone camera, I've seen people make, you know, incredible work with just their phone. So, in that way, I don't want that to stop anybody. So definitely, whatever camera you have, use that. But as you make your way um, into the into the field, as your business is growing, as you're able to start, um, you know, using different resources and things like this, uh, the cameras that I recommend are definitely the Sony cameras. I mean, I recommend mirrorless cameras for sure. Um, other companies are making them too. I mean, Canon has great mirrorless cameras. Fujifilm has some really interesting, interesting cameras that I'm even looking at right now as my, my, maybe my new platform. So there are definitely a lot of companies out there that I love, but definitely I would go mirrorless because the technology is newer. Um, invest in a good lens and whatever that means to you and what, to whatever degree the investment you can do. I mean, I always recommend because I shoot Sony, I recommend the Sony G Master lenses because you're going to get quality lenses. Um, if the situation ever came down where you're like, okay, I can spend a lot of money on my camera, but I, you know, if I spend a lot of my camera, I can't get that great of a lens. My recommendation is go for the lens instead of the camera. Um, a lot of times the body that you can drop a lot of money on, sure, it can shoot however many megapixels, 500 megapixels or something like this, but that only comes into play really when you're doing giant prints but since most of us are using our cameras for the web whether it's your website whether it's social media um, print ads are, are not a huge part of my dynamic for my business i would rather go to a, a solid lens that i know um, has amazing quality as opposed to jumping and spending you know a ton of money for this camera but then you have a lens that you know, looks like it was shot with something a lot cheaper. So um, I would go in that direction uh, for cameras, for, for resources. There are great ones out there. I mean, um, you know, if you're doing video editing, I recommend a site called Motion Array that has a lot of templates that can help you get started. Um, vice versa, if you're just doing an all-encompassing sort of project, there's a site called creativemarket.com where you can download resources from fonts to backgrounds to textures. If you need really anything, it's an all-encompassing source. And uh, those are great places just when you don't have the time yourself to do everything because like I was saying earlier, we can get bogged down with so many different ideas that we're not able to create everything under the sun. So those are great resources. If you're, if you're looking to um, get started and how can I, you know, how can I almost outsource these sort of components? Um, these are places where you could receive some, some content 
to help you make those components. Mm. Oh, that's so helpful because I'm sure a lot of people are like, I think people do get focused though on the camera. So, I mean, I, you know, I, so I think that's important that you said of all the things to focus on the lens with photography. And then, so then do you notice a difference because you're doing different types of photography because you do real estate, you do portraits, you do weddings, you do engagement, like all these different types of photos. So is there, do you have to use a different camera and lens for all of that? Or how does, Mm -hmm. how does that work? Because it's a different type of photograph. Right. Yeah. I see that. And that's exactly where the, uh, the lenses are, are really the thing that I'm switching. Mm. Uh, the body, I mean, you definitely, you don't, you don't want to undercut and, you know, really go on the low end of the, of the camera body itself, but there, there are different sensors. There's full frame and hybrid frame sensors. If you know that, for example, your clients, um, you know, are requiring you to shoot with a full frame sensor for whatever reason. Maybe they want to do a print ad later down the road, or maybe they just want to have the best of the best. Um, you know, that is something you can't uh, shortchange. So, for instance, my camera body is a full frame Sony sensor. Um, but that being said, yeah, I use the same body predominantly for most shoots, whether it's, you know, uh, wedding or if I did astrophotography, it would be the same camera. But the lens is where, yes, that's where I'm changing everything out every time. So if I'm shooting real estate, I'm going in with a completely different gamut than I'm going into a portrait shot because that's 16 millimeters that I'm going to use to make a room look really wide and open and spacious. If I shot that on a person, it's going to make their body look really distorted and and really unflattering. So those lens choices and knowing how to utilize them, for example, um, zooming them into their fullest extent. So if you're shooting Mm -hmm. with something like a 24 to 70, ideally to get less distortion, you want to shoot that lens at a 70 because that's its full effect. If as as you're pulling it back, the lens itself is doing a a warping, which can look okay, but it's not Mm going to be true to form. So when you're shooting a a human uh, person, Mm -hmm. you you don't want to have those distortions. Whereas, you know, for a room, maybe it's the only way I'm able to show a room is by putting a 16 millimeter and shooting it really wide. Because if I came in with a really long lens, I'm I'm making that room look tiny or really short. So those things are, are definitely the lenses are where uh, where I think the investment needs to go just because, yeah, I'm, I'm, there's, there's not a single shoot where I'm just going in with a one size fits all, but the camera right. body itself, um, I think as long as you purchase a, a body that fits the form factor of what you're using the photos for, um, the body, you know, can be interchangeable for each task. Mm. Okay. Very helpful. And then, and for your journey, so how you got started, I know you talked a little bit about how you were able to start getting your clients, like they were coming pretty fast. So do you think it is, can it be that easy for somebody else trying to become a photographer? Like what is it kind of what you said, like doing free photography in the beginning? Is that a really good way to kind of get your foot into that door of becoming a photographer for a living to kind of give away like free photography to be able to kind of build up a permanent portfolio to start charging. Oh yeah. Um, Yeah. I think I, you know, I think 
doing something for free. This is something I've discussed with a, with a load of, of, of friends and different people have different takes. And uh, even like, you know, in working a little bit, uh, and I'm, I don't know if your listeners follow Gary V, but I've talked to David Rock, who is his videographer. And we've talked a little bit about this idea of doing free work and how that's so advantageous to, uh, mm-hmm. to you as a photographer, because that's how he got started uh, doing the work with Gary V was just pitching this idea that, Hey, I'll do this for free. And then now he's, you know, he's, he's led that into a career, um, for himself and, you know, different people have different takes on this, but I think doing work for free, I think that's, you know, at the beginning, there's, that's the best way to do it because you're, you're going to gain experience and you're going to, you're going to meet people that can help you and, there's nothing more invaluable than those two things in this, in this field. I mean, in a field where essentially, and I don't want to demean photography to just say anybody can pick up a camera, but in a world where anybody really can pick up a camera, um, those things of experience and who, you know, those are going to be the things that set you different than somebody else that just picked up a camera. So to have that experience going into a project for free, whether, you know, it's your first wedding or your first, um, real estate shoot that the experience that you build for that is invaluable. And if that's what it takes to get the foot in the door, then by all means do it. Now don't shortchange that in your career later where you're still, you know, when you're, when you're finally kind of getting things going, I would say, Hey, eventually you do have to pump the brakes on this idea of free because then a lot of people will start hitting you up and say, Hey, like, you know, do you want to help with this or can you help with that? And sure. You want to be able to help whoever, but you also have to ration your time and it's still a business. It still has to have the wheels turning and everything greased up and running. So you can't do everything for free, but at the beginning, yeah, I, I see nothing wrong with reaching out and, you know, it could start with uh, an industry that you want to get into, or maybe even just asking a friend that you feel comfortable photographing like, Hey, guy, take a portrait of you. Can I practice this? Do you have an hour to, you know, meet down here and really experiment and learn from, from those scenarios. But definitely I think, uh, yeah, doing something for free, it's, it's helped me a heck of a lot. <laughs> uh, whether it was on the, uh, the photo side or the teaching side from the story mm-hmm. I shared, you know, that was from a yeah. class where I just used my time and went in and did it for free, but it, it led to a career. So for me, mm-hmm. um, I think it's, it's a, a great way to go. Um, but yeah, of course, learn when to pump the brakes on the idea that you're doing everything for free. At some point you do have to put your foot down, stand up and say, Hey, this isn't free anymore. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. Now it's a business. Now it's time to get paid. Yeah. (laughs) Now the quality is so good. You have to charge. (laughs) That's exactly it. That's exactly it. And then what have been the biggest challenges that you've faced in your business? Sure. Um, biggest challenges. Um, I would say the biggest challenges probably are finding clientele at the beginning is, is, Mm -hmm. is difficult. You know, I can't lie on, on that aspect of it, you know, for anybody, like I said, anybody in theory can pick up a camera. It doesn't mean you're just going to start getting booked all the time. I mean, it's Mm -hmm. really the same with anything. I mean, the, the time investment and the skill, that takes time to, to build up if, you know, whether it's uh, the camera, whether you pick up a football, yeah, you can make money from throwing a football well, but you have to have the experience and the skill to be able to make money off that. The same goes with the camera. And uh, yeah, there are problems or, or trials and tribulations that you'll deal with at the beginning, particularly in flight finding clients, because 
I think uh, as a photographer, your first and foremost goal is the idea of wanting to do creative work. Um, but as you start thinking of your your career um, as a business, there are other components than just the creative side. There is the cold calling. There is the uh, cold emailing. There is the marketing. There's the advertising. There's the just knocking on doors and asking, hey, do you need this, this service? And um, that's something that, you know, for creatives, I think can be difficult to learn, particularly if you're like me, who's an incredibly introverted person. Um, I, that's not the first thing that comes up to my mind that I want to do that day, but nonetheless, it's something that does have to be done. And I would say as equally as important as the creative, you know, I don't think uh, a great creative doesn't just only sell itself. You need sales. Uh, great sales also needs a great creative or a great product in order to, to sell it. It's a um, symbiotic relationship. It, it needs one another. Um, so I, I would say that's probably the hardest thing is, actually going out there, putting yourself out there. Um, oh, speaking on it, putting yourself out there, you know, that's something that's difficult too. I think uh, if you are introverted, if you're creative, um, putting your yourself out there, like literally like sharing your work, it's difficult in the beginning. You know, it, I think a lot of people over time when they start seeing this is what you do, it's like, oh, this is cool. This person does this. But at the beginning stage, you know, I, I don't know, like, Merrily, I don't know how you feel about your drawing abilities, but, you know, if, if we had somebody draw a picture right now, you know, mm -hmm. there are some folks, maybe they feel like they have a certain skill, they want to share it with somebody. There are other people, if I said, you know, draw a picture of me and you had to share it with other people, you'd be like, oh, I don't know, yeah. it doesn't really look that good. It's a, it's a vulnerability to... Um, be able to share something that you did, whether you made a song, you wrote a poem, you took a photo, you drew a picture. It's a, it's right. a very vulnerable aspect. So, uh, and, and it cycles into a lot of judgment, mm. um, judgment from other people that maybe, you know, whatever, they may not think it's good. So you have to be yeah. ready to take that blow when you post that picture on your Instagram of people that don't like it or they don't want to hear it or they don't know why you're doing what you're doing or they mm. want to say, why don't you get a real job or, you know, whatever sort of criticism that someone can throw at you. And, uh, you know, you're constantly doing that as a photographer or mm. any form of an artist, you're constantly putting yourself out there, um, to that judgment. So that's definitely, it can be a trying thing to get through, particularly at the beginning. But I think yeah. if you can, you know, build a thick skin and kind of just realize that, you know, those criticisms that may come are really people's own, problems that they're dealing with and, and they may be projecting those things um, because maybe they don't have that, that level of vulnerability to share things that they're doing yet. Mm -hmm. So take, you know, be able to take that, that with a grain of salt when people kind of throw shade or, mm -hmm. you know, have a negative perception. I think that's important and just keep, keep trucking. I mean, you just, you have to keep pushing forward in this industry. It's it's not going to be something where, it just comes to you. There's going to be a lot of hard work behind the scenes, but as long as you're somebody that has the ability to persevere, um, I think you'll be okay. And that goes outside the realm of photography. I'd say that to any entrepreneur that has any idea that you're going to face those same trials and tribulations and you just have to keep pushing. Yeah. That's great advice. You just have to keep going depending how bad you want it. If you want yes. it bad enough, you have to be willing to just put yourself out of your comfort zone and to keep going because this is the life that you want to create for yourself and the legacy you want to leave behind. So exactly. that will never, that will never be easy. 
for any business. No, never. Yeah. And then with your photographs, do you have something that you usually want to say with the photos? And like, how exactly do you get your photographs to say that if you do? Sure. Um, I would say that if there was anything that I want my, my photographs to convey is a sense of happiness and a sense of um, diversity, a sense of really reaching the f to the fullest, whether that means in the quality or if that means to, um, you know, what I'm actually shooting. I want to show people that you can attain what you want to do and that that thing is tangible for all of us if you're willing to put in that work. So, um, you know, when I went into, for instance, shooting real estate, I wanted particularly, I had reached out to folks with luxury homes because I wanted to show that, Hey, like if you want to do this, if whether you, you know, you're on the seller side as a real estate agent or the photographer side, if you want to do this and do it to the best quality, to the best, place that you could show, I want to be able to shoot those homes. So I hope that with my photography, I do shoot commercially predominantly. Mm -hmm. So I would say that the idea of the art of it is maybe overshadowed more by the quality or the, uh, you know, the, the processing that I use and that's okay. Um, I think that my goal and my commercial work is really just to have people to show people that, you can shoot for the fullest, that this is going to be a quality photograph, that this is going to showcase diversity in people and the models that I use, mm -hmm. and that this is going to showcase happiness because that's something that I want to come across, that I'm enjoying what it is that I do as I'm shooting it. Um, from an artistic standpoint, I, I do still make fine art pieces. I've shown a couple in different galleries in San Diego. Um, typically I, I, when I make a fine art piece, I want to shine light on issues that I feel um, personally affect me or affect, uh, you know, the country as a whole. Um, so I've done work uh, really just, I mean, expressing a number of different beliefs, whether that's on uh, climate change, whether that's on uh, social justice issues and that work, I need to do a better job of promoting, but that can also be found on my website for anybody that's interested more in sort of the, um, the more personal mm -hmm. connection to photography. And that's actually one thing I, I, I did want to just quickly mention is, you know, as a photographer, as a creative, you know, there is this, there is the realm of, of business and then there, there is the realm of art. And learning which avenue you want to go in and knowing that it, it can't always be both. Sometimes you're, you will have to shine more light on one avenue than the other. And just to, you know, it, when we're speaking of this idea of happiness, just make sure you're going after the one that makes you feel the best. So, you know, there's no, money is, is, a, uh, is an odd thing. And I think sometimes so many of us can get wrapped up in, in its idea but if, if being an artist even if you don't make a dime off of your work if that is what you want to do is shine light on different issues then I say go that direction because that is you know that is your passion and that's what you want to do and I think it's just as solidified as somebody that wants to go into photography starting a business in whatever field they're, they're both they're both equal in terms of uh, you know what could be done with them but I think really what it is, is just find what makes you happy 
and, and go for that in. For me right now, it's the commercial end, but who's to say if in 10 years after I done, have done the things that I say I want to accomplish now, who's to say that that path at age 42 is not, I just want to make fine art and, and talk about this for the rest of my life. So I think, you know, go with what you feel, go with your gut and uh, learn just to differentiate what your path is for yourself. Great advice. And um, for for you, do you feel that there's been like very certain photographers that have influenced you and your career to where it is now? Like if you followed their journey or just more their style of photography? Sure. Um, I mean, coming from uh, an industry that was highly based in fashion photographers, I mean, I do have uh, a lot of respect and admiration for some of the bigger, the bigger folks in that industry. So I would say um, people like Annie Leibovitz, Mario Testino, um, you know, even Terry Richardson, uh, these are people that had inspired me early on uh, to get into photography because they they were kind of the rock stars to me of this industry. They were like the goats. They were the ones showing like, wow, you know, you could shoot Disney and shoot the cover of a magazine. And for that time, uh, which I'm talking now, maybe even, you know, early 2000s, that was the route that I thought I wanted to do. Now, mm. as the industry has changed uh, my perception of who I'm looking up to in the industry that that's changed as well. I mean, of course I, I the compositions and the things that these, these folks were able to do is uh, second to none, but yeah, there's a lot of people now where I, I find myself, you know, I, I could look at the work of a kid that's, you know, 19 years old and be inspired by that. Like, wow, this person on Instagram is killing the game right now. Like <laughs> this is who I'm looking up to. Um, so yeah, it's, it, my opinion on the industry has changed mm-hmm. over time where I thought it was sort of just rooted in, you know, these rock stars getting these magazine covers and these big ads, but I'm seeing now that, you know, it, it really is just, a, there's so, so much good work and just keeping your eyes mm-hmm. out there to all the things that are happening, whether you're finding on social media or blogs or whatever. Mm-hmm. Um, I, that's what really puts me in a constant state of inspiration. It's no particular one person but it's really just to see like wow like i can't believe you know this person is doing this or i can't believe this is happening now that's what constantly keeps me inspired that's good so you're always still learning it's not like even though you have been in this industry for so long you're still learning you're still growing and you don't have that feeling like oh i know everything because there's always someone that has a new perspective or a new way of doing their photographs that could give you new inspiration too. Always. Because I think when you, when you, when you leave that mindset, when you start thinking, uh, I know all the stuff and I'm not going to, you know, look at the work of, you know, some 20 year old kid or something like that. I, I, I think when you start getting in that mindset, you're, you're, you will put yourself a step aback mm. because you won't, know how to innovate and you won't know how to talk to that audience. So I think constantly learning from, from them and, and being in this, this, this learning state, I, I would hope that, you know, I, I continue to do that forever <laughs> <laughs> so that I'm always enjoying what it is that I'm doing. That I'm always staying fresh. Yeah. Yeah. That's yeah. great. And that way you just have still so, and then maybe even different industries that you'll still get into with photography because you've been so open-minded and wanting to learn. It's just, that's a lot of different industries that you're in with photography, you know? So that's, that's 
really incredible. And where can our listeners connect with you if they'd like to either hire you for photography for any of the industries that you work with or if they'd like to learn more from you? Sure. Um, Best way to connect with me is go over to artistbeing.com. That's A-R-T-E-I-S-B-E-I-N-G. <laughs> it stands for this idea that art is intrinsic to who we are. It's, it's, it is part of our core. It is part of our being as humans. It is not something that is separate to me. It is me. So that's why I call it Art is Being. On my website, you can find uh, you know different links to contact me. My email address is info at artistbeing.com. And uh, that's, that's the best way to book me. Um, I'll have classes actually listed on there as well. If you're ever just interested in learning, uh, more about photography and I'm promoting right now a web series where I can start doing some tutorials as well. So that, that stay tuned for that stuff, but, um, that's, that's coming soon. Um, Instagram is always a great way to reach me. A photographer's hub is Instagram. So you can always DM me on there and I'm on probably every other website there is facebook it's art as being google is art as being yelp is on is art as being so yeah if you've ever worked with me in the past or if you're ever interested in learning more find me on basically anywhere on the web at art is being and i'm sure i'm there in some form or capacity <laughs> that's perfect so the key is art is being with exactly. with everything <laughs> Thank you so much, Alex, for being on the show today and for sharing all of your incredible knowledge in this industry. Oh, thank you for having me. Alex is offering a 10% discount on any of his photo services and a 50% discount to any first-time purchase of his real estate photography services if you listen to his episode. Email him at info at artisbean.com. Again, that's info, I-N-F-O, at artisbeing, A-R-T-I-S-B-E-I-N-G, dot com. And let him know you listened to his episode on the Design Your Happiness podcast, and he will honor these discounts. Thank you so much for joining me on the Design Your Happiness podcast. I appreciate you for listening, and I hope you feel inspired. If you enjoyed this podcast, please share it with your loved ones. I hope you have a beautiful day and get excited to design your happiness.